Welcome to this Word on Wednesday for Pentecost. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. Is there anything that can really make us different, that can shake us out of our apathy and fears, especially when it comes to speaking about our Christian faith, that can inject enthusiasm and joy, confidence and courage into our lives? Come with me to the events of Pentecost that we read about in Acts chapter 2. It was six weeks after Jesus' resurrection. Three questions emerge. What happened? When the day of Pentecost came, the disciples were together in an upper room in Jerusalem. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came, divided tongues, as of fire, appearing among them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Pentecost is the Jewish festival celebrating the giving of the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 19 and verse 18, we read that violent winds and tongues of fire enveloped Mount Sinai at the time God gave Moses the law. However, as Israel's prophets had said, the law failed to change the world, because the law failed to change people. Now at Pentecost, some 1,200 years later, God was coming with fire and wind, not to impart more law, but to impart His Spirit. The mighty wind symbolized the power of Jesus. The fire symbolized His purifying and cleansing work. And speech pointed to the good news of Jesus reaching every nation. Luke, the author of Acts, focuses on speech. He tells us, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and everyone was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. The crowd came from the Caspian Sea in the east to Rome in the west from modern Turkey in the north to Africa in the south. How is it, they asked, that we can understand them in our own native language? The cynics in the crowd mocked, saying the disciples were drunk. But Peter wasn't to be silenced. The bars aren't open yet, he said. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This was the ultimate author of speech, reversing Babel. The disciples, previously demoralized and defeated, had a new enthusiasm, confidence and joy. Peter, who had denied Jesus, was no longer a coward, but a courageous preacher. What made that difference? It was the Spirit, another helper, whom Jesus had promised. For many, Christianity is little more than a moral code they must struggle to observe, or a creed recited mindlessly every week. But in John chapter 14, Jesus had spoken of a companion, another helper, who would enable his people to experience a life-changing personal relationship with him. What did it mean? The Holy Spirit was turning cowardly disciples into intrepid apostles. From verse 22 of Acts chapter 2, Luke records Peter's speech. Men of Israel... Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. 
and you put him to death. But God raised him from the dead. People today mock the idea of Jesus' miracles, yet first-century historians such as Josephus agreed that Jesus was a miracle worker. Peter called the miracle signs. Just as a signpost points to the road we might follow, so Jesus' works pointed to the power and authority he wielded. If by the finger of God I cast out demons, Jesus had said, then the kingdom of God is come upon you. The climax of Peter's speech is in verse 36. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter had a logically developed progression of ideas, not a frenzied set of phrases in his sermon. He explains that Jesus' cross and resurrection reveal God's extraordinary love. The Son of God had put aside the glory of heaven and come amongst us, giving his life as the one perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Human authorities had judged Jesus a threat and guilty and nailed him to a cross. From his supreme court, God overturned that judgment and raised Jesus to life. So our third question, does all this matter? It happened so long ago. Peter's hearers were cut to the heart. Brothers, what should we do? they asked. Peter's words cut through to their hearts. They were utterly ashamed. Previously they had mocked the dying Jesus. Now they knew the truth. God's Spirit was at work. Peter's response is one we all need to hear. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. He didn't tell his hearers they needed to turn over a new leaf and start living more moral lives. Rather, he focused on their relationship with Jesus. Repent. Come to your senses about Jesus, Peter is saying. Turn to him and ask him for his forgiveness. Three thousand responded to Peter's call that day. God's Spirit was taking up the work of Jesus the Messiah in the world, opening blind eyes and changing hearts. Significantly, Peter continued, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. From now on, God's Spirit would come into the lives of all God's people as they turned to Jesus Christ as their Lord. What God did that day, and what he's been doing ever since, matters. God's delight is to draw men and women from all over the world, from every culture and walk of life, people like you and me, into a personal, living relationship with himself. And we have a part to play. Let's not be fearful. Rather, let's pray for the Spirit's strength and wisdom to take up opportunities we have to introduce people we know to Jesus. Why not invite a friend to join you in exploring John's Gospel through the Word one-to-one? It's available 
online free of charge at www.thewordinletters.com theword121.com
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. A prayer for Pentecost. Almighty God, who taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit, so enable us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and always to rejoice in his holy comfort through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in you what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the ministry team at the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama. The opening and concluding music is from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tiedu and Zachary Hicks. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and special music, Do Not Be Afraid, is sung by the Chamber Choir of St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.